Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everybody, welcome in to the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Uh, it's been another busy week in the off-season for the Denver Broncos. I am joined by Stuart Roach, Colin Cronin. Before we start off, boys, uh, Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Brandon Allen, Jeff Driscoll, Brett Rippon, Teddy Bridgewater. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world no that was a, a ceremonial burning of <laughs> Pat, Pat Shermer's playbook that got a, got a little out of hand I'm afraid that's what I heard on the QT hey Column, well sure, sure I, I, lads, I don't know like I mean I, I thought we'd all find that song funny personally but uh, Jesus what's like everything's happening like the fire yeah. yesterday I think the the fire. Fortunately, no no injuries, um, no fatalities, but very memeable. Uh, the Broncos better have a good year because otherwise, I can imagine uh, plenty of opposition fans using those uh, pictures mm-hmm. to their advantage. The other thing about it, though, is the last time there was a fire at Mile High, we beat the Chiefs twice the following season. So potentially a good omen in that respect. Stuart, uh, Russell Wilson is, is already cooking, both on and off the field. Yeah, it was good to see his, uh, his camp. And, uh, you know, um, 
again, just reinforces the whole idea that uh, this off season could have been very different for us to uh, to have to stuff to to, to to talk about. Yeah, I mean, like uh, as we touched on last week, Michael, the, the the only downside to all this is that we have to wait so long for uh, for meaningful football. Um, you know, especially with the draft coming up, that's the next big event, and, and we don't really have a huge interest in it until um, day two. Um, but uh, yeah, good to see loving those pictures, and just can't help but be uh, excited and enthused about what what Russell Wilson is going to do. And and just um, you know, the, this this was the kind of stuff that that Peyton Manning did that. Uh, I remember myself personally speaking, this was always when you begin to kind of get a little bit that get kind of tingle of, of anticipation as to what was to come and you'd see. And of course, was was sort of in that excellent uh, NFL video about uh, the Peyton Manning when he was coming back from injury that uh, that was named after his two children, I think. So so the the the, the receiving camp featured featured quite uh, heavily in that. So yeah, it's just brilliant. It's great to see. Thank God we 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 don't have to. You know, you see the God, poor old Atlanta Falcons. Have they not suffered enough? They they do the decent thing by uh, sort of sending Matt Ryan on on his way to a good team, to the Colts, who have a chance to win. And after they'd kind of sort of did him dirty by very publicly courting dirty Sean, birds, they did that, and and then and then they uh, they've gone. I suppose unlike us, they've gone full rebuild mode because they just signed Marcus Mariota and are. Now feverishly talking themselves into believing that he's the answer, um, to which you you would kind of go, well, if he's the answer, dear God, what the, what is the question? Um, so yeah, thankfully we are nowhere near those uh, those th- that off those off season purgatory that we found ourselves in. So yeah, just really looking forward to to to, to can it be September, please? Hurry up, come on. Well, I, for one, am excited for the, for the USFL starting in four weeks. Uh, Colm, I know you're a big TikToker. I'm, I'm sure you seen that Russell Wilson TikTok yesterday where he was West Coast. Great to see the lads uh, taking time out, getting to know each other. I know Jerry Judy wasn't there. I, I didn't like the whole media spin this week, why he wasn't there. He wasn't there for a reason, right? It's none of our business. I mean, I, I, I don't really care personally. It's grand. Uh, also, Colm, just very quickly as well, uh, so obviously the, the the Russell Wilson thing, I have something in my head, but it's gone now. So if if, if it comes back to me, I'll, I I will say it to you. But uh, great to see Wilson sort of getting. I've I've literally remembered it mid sentence. First off, great to see Wilson be embedded with this team already. And secondly, I just have you seen the Drew Lock videos? Yeah, like him sitting trying to like name places in in like Washington and stuff. I feel sorry for him. Number two in Seattle, but like that that's the last time I'm going to mention Drew in this show. Wish him all the very, very best. Yeah, look, for the videos, I think enjoy them, but I think that's not really too much into them. I think we've spent two years, right, the hype that the Jerry Judy videos got after he was drafted and last summer were off the charts. It was unreal. And I think that's partly because we were so starved of decent football. But the reaction to it on social media, it's it's a hype video. It gets you, it's supposed to, you know, um, kind of get get the, the fan base, their hopes up. That's great. Let's enjoy it. Let's be pleased that, you know, he's getting um, his guys together, that they're working on that chemistry. But it doesn't mean anything. It's a bit like 
team pronouncements. You know, it's a bit like Vaughn saying, oh, uh, you know, I, I want to run it back. Uh, or it's uh, like Seattle saying that they weren't going to trade uh, Russell Wilson. It, it's in public, right? And what you see is not always what you get. So enjoy it for what it is, but understand that there's all sorts. They're, they're aware of the PR game as well. Everyone's got agents, everyone's doing it. So understand that there's a lot behind it, but enjoy it for what it is. Absolutely. Let's jump on. Sure, I'll come to you first. We'll, we'll start off with the news this week. Obviously, you had a fire yesterday. But also the Broncos, I think this actually happened overnight for us, uh, getting Packer well, Billy Turner on a one-year deal up to $5 million from the Green Bay Packers. Um, they got, that's, sorry, former Packer. That's fantastic for us, isn't it? Like, that really gives us more protection. Yeah, Billy Turner did, uh, did well um, when he went to the Packers. Um, Billy Turner, I mean, he was a, he looked like the definition of a journeyman offensive lineman for a long time um, and that he bounced around and he could sort of, he could uh, play various uh, positions on the line and, and he was decent. He did get exposed a few times at right tackle, I think, but uh, you know, I think the state of the Broncos right tackle position over the last few years um, has not been great. What I think is interesting, Michael, is Turner did have um, very much an, an upswing in his form uh, last year when he was playing for the Packers and he played predominantly at right tackle and and seemed to do quite well is his um again it depends on how seriously you take PFF but his grading was pretty good um what I think is interesting is both himself and Compton uh who we signed from the Niners uh last week are both on one year uh prove deals which would suggest that we we don't have the long-term answer on the roster or, or not a hundred percent that we have the long-term answer on the roster just yet. Um, but maybe if, if one of those two guys plays well, um, Calvin Anderson has, has been around a bit and, you know, he's always looked decent and um, without ever kind of fully convincing that he's the answer. And um, so we've got three guys in the mix there. I guess you're, you're kind of hoping for one to emerge from the pack. You, you would assume that um, Hackett's, familiarity with Turner um, in that, you know, he, he was his offensive coordinator last year would suggest that he would have had um, a great deal of, of, um, uh, of influence in regards to signing him. So that would presumably point to Turner having the edge in regards to starting a right tackle for the Broncos. Um, but as Colin mentioned last week, we do have some good depth pieces there now, you know, especially on the interior Glasgow, um, is a good player, Cushenberry bounced back. So, you know, uh, I think we've got some options. It, it just, it, it sort of further, especially with the other signing, I presume we're going to talk about in a moment, but it means we have less holes to fill going into this draft, which uh, which gives us um, the, the luxury, albeit with a sort of late second round and a third round, two third round picks, to, to take the best player available. Um, when it uh, when the draft kind of comes finally to Denver, um, you know, which won't be a quarterback presumably, um, but yeah, so we, so George has done another decent job there. I, I Billy Turner is not the kind of player who's going to get the pulses racing, but you know that's okay. I mean, he should do a job. Massey did a job last year. I mean, I, I advocated for signing Massey back, but I, I guess his age is against him. Turner's a decent age, and um, if he improved 
again from how he did last year from the Packers, then he he could be the long-term answer. So it's decent, decent pickup. Not not the most exciting thing in the world, but he, you know, maybe um it would be great if if right tackle became a position that we didn't ever need to discuss again. So I, I would, if I had, if I had to put money on it, I would, I would put money on Turner being your starting right tackle um, week one. Yeah, and Colin, it's all about that versatility. It's all about that availability now, because as as Stuart rightly mentioned, there a guy that uh, Nathaniel Hackett's you know very aware of this oh, this offensive line now is so much depth, and obviously Graham Glasgow can play center, can play guard. But when you've got Calvin, when you got Calvin Alvers, Calvin Anderson that can play both tackle spots as well, it probably maybe would make us readjust where we're going to look at in the draft, or, or do you think we might look at somebody in that in the second round? Um, I suppose it'll depend on who, who falls. I would agree with, with Stuart that, you know, looking at it, you wonder whether the long-term answer is there. And in fairness to um, Just Mahoney of um, the Mile High um, Report stable, uh, uh, stable as well, he's done a lot of work around looking at these. And again, yeah, it does depend on how much you really give to, to PFF grades. But um, the, the Broncos not exactly blessed over the the last year we saw definitely Garth Bowles regress a little um now the the stability we, we there were so many injuries I think that's why you have seen um Peyton bring in kind of a, a lot of guys because the the Broncos had I think about kind of 17 um kind of different pairings I don't think we saw the same O-line take to the field in any game last year. So that that's definitely one thing. And, and obviously, um, Graham Glasgow coming back off uh, a, a serious injury as well. But they'll be looking for um, Quinn to really push on from a promising rookie year and, and probably for... Um, Cushionberry to you know hopefully find some form and, and Dalton to get back to where he he was he was he like he 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 showed a lot of promise in that first season I, I thought then he took a step back then he took a little bit of a step up but not enough um but look there there's a whole new regime there um and it's going to be protecting a very different sort of QB um, we know what Russell Wilson brings to the table, but so much of the NFL comes down to good fortune and injuries and con that consistency on the line. So um, any of our listeners, um, cross your fingers, um, find those four leaf clovers, get those lucky rabbit's feet, whatever it takes to keep the, the O-line together is going to be key. Absolutely, and it's it has it's been a busy enough week. We've we brought in other players. Uh, Alex Singleton coming in. He was previously with the Eagles for a couple of years. Singleton, who has um, he, he's a linebacker and he has a seventy four point nine grade with PFF. I'm going to try and take Stewart's thing here for PFF. Um, that's been trying to stop the run. That's a number eight grade in the NFL. So, Stewart, are are you happy with this move for for Alex Singleton? Yeah, I think he's um, most likely going to be um, inside linebacker uh, three. Um, 
unfortunately, given the way the Broncos' injuries have gone over the last years, that means he'll be inside linebacker one by week four if the pass has been anything to go by. Hopefully, we won't be hit with the injury bug again. Um, he, he's been the Eagles' leading tackler for the last two seasons. And also, I think what's important, Michael, is he's a very good special teams player. Um, so guys like that, I think, can hang around the league um, and start to gradually get more playing time on defense. Um, if 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 they if you know it, it's like that's their role that they can carve out, and then suddenly the injuries can kind of thrust them into the starting lineup. So I mean, I think if he did have to become the starting linebacker, um, I think he would do fine. Um, Josie Jewell is obviously going to be your starter. I think he'll probably be the quarterback of the defense as well. I think they they missed him calling plays last year. Um, um, Baron Browning, who I thought flashed a lot of ability um, at inside linebacker last season. Now, there is talk of him being moved to outside linebacker um, to utilize his pass rush, which he, he did display quite frequently in college. Um, so you might, you know, we, we, may, we may think that Josie Jewell and, and Browning are, are presumptive starters now but that you know it depending on how he does because I, I, we have spoken at length about pass rush being a problem we did sign Randy Gregory there's still huge question marks over Bradley Chubb and, and you know if you're relying on Chubb to get healthy to generate pass rush then you're really asking for trouble if, if his career is anything to go by to date so maybe Browning being uh, used as a rusher is not not the end of the world I would still look for us to target an inside linebacker um either in in our second round pick or one of our third round picks michael you can get very good inside linebackers in rounds two and three and um, you can get very good line inside linebackers in, in the later rounds as well as we have you know danny Thurayton being a prime example of somebody we got very late in the draft so but i i would i would sort of singleton's a good player he's seen apparently he's a very good person around the dressing room as well you know you can't have too many of those kind of characters um i'm not sure what his coverage skills are like that's been something of an issue for us over the years i, I was a little surprised um that we didn't bring back the linebacker that we we um his name escapes me at the moment the guy we, we got from the rams um because i thought he yeah, I thought Kenny Young did well last year, Colin. I don't know what you thought, but I, I, I certainly started well. He maybe tailed off a little bit towards the end of the season, but I was surprised we didn't bring him back. And I, I haven't seen him sign anywhere else yet. But uh, yeah, I would still look for us to, to draft an inside linebacker early-ish, Michael. Colin, we've had the chance to speak to Alex before, and we're hoping to have him on this podcast in the next few weeks. Uh, really, you know, decent, genuine guy. Like, I, I personally I was literally Texas agent, and, and he agreed. I think he could like fill that gap for Shelby Harris in the sense of being a fan favorite. I, I really think if it works out well, it could, could happen. Yeah, he's he's a guy who he bring he puts it all out there, a bit like Shelby. You're gonna get a hundred percent from Singleton on every single snap. Um, he's a guy who has a lot of experience. It wasn't really until he went to the CFL that he kind of found his his feet um, as such, but he has a wealth of experience. He, you know, did a, a really good job for the Eagles in what was a really weak 
kind of um, position for for them at inside linebacker. I I think Baron Browning. They it seems that the the team think a lot of him, and and you can see why. So I'm I'm interested to see with him and and Josie Jewell, um, what what way that that will work. But I think having um Alex Singleton in there is shows the depth and and we need that and it is you know really important again i go back to the the rams had to sign a guy off the street who hadn't played football in two years as their to be their starting safety in the playoffs and and in the the super bowl so depth is so important in the NFL. And yeah, I, I think Michael, whether he'll, given the position he plays in, whether he can ever replicate, because Shelby had the ability to make those kind of game-changing plays, the, the interception of Big Ben, the blocked field goals, whether he'll get that sort of opportunity. But I think fans are going to be impressed by the intensity that he will bring uh, to the field. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Stuart, is there anything else that stands out for you this week with the Broncos before we look at the AFC West? Anything else that you want to talk about? I'm just happy the stadium's still intact, personally. I was worried for five minutes last night. Yeah, no, as I said, Michael, I, I knew it was Pat Shermer's playbook being burnt for all eternity. So I, I, I you know, I can't imagine the playbook was was particularly extensive. So I knew it, it would sort of peter out fairly quickly. I, you know, I, I was never concerned about that. Um, we signed another cornerback. Um, we didn't, who, who wasn't called Bryce Callahan, who's, um, Williams. yeah, check Bryce Callahan's injury record, um, sort of caught up with him in regards to the Broncos in the end. Eventually Bryce Callahan's a super player when he's fit, but he just was never fit for 16 games. Never mind, got into the playoffs. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, Williams wouldn't be a guy I'd know a huge amount, uh, a huge amount about Michael. He, um, he was a starting slot corner for a very, very good Niners defense um, that was very close to making the Super Bowl this year um, and I think if you can you know given the importance of, of, of the slot corner position in the NFL um, if you can make a team that's as talented as the Niners or a unit as talented as the Niners defense then you must have something about you um, he's not the youngest player in the world he's the same age as Callahan but I think his injury history is obviously um must be a lot better. Um, but again, as I said, I haven't seen a, a huge amount. I did see some some sort of flack coming his way for for Cooper Cup to taking him to the cleaners in, in in the NFC Championship game. But I mean, let's be honest, Cooper Cup's kind of taking everybody to the cleaners uh, as we speak. So, um, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be that concerned about that. Um, so again, a good quality pickup by all accounts. Um, and, and it does also help us going into the draft in that we've now got a good core. It means Pastor Tan is, is going to be your starting cornerback alongside Darby, who um, really uh, outperformed Fuller by a significant margin last year, the two big free agent uh, cornerback pickups. So Darby played well. Then you've got uh, Williams, presumably, as your slot. And then you've 
you into your depth. Ojemudi, I thought, bounced back well at the end of last season. I think he he flashed a lot of promise early on, and obviously the injuries derailed him a little bit. Um, so yeah, we can um, we we can go into the draft with corner slot corner sort of ticked off the list. So again, it puts us in a nice position to get the best player that's there when we finally do get to pick on day two. On the 49ers are having a clear out sale with some players. Uh, they, they've lost a lot of players in the last few weeks. Uh, all I'll take is Steve Weich has said that he's one of the better caught, one of the better slot corners in the league. So it must be a good thing, even though he isn't the youngest player to pick up. Yeah, and I think look, experience is is useful, and I think Peyton is probably looking to kind of establish a, a culture. He's not as talented as Bryce Callahan. If Bryce Callahan could stay fit, Bryce Callahan is an absolutely outstanding cornerback. And maybe, maybe the Broncos get a a deal done where he comes back on on a team-friendly deal. The issue with with Bryce is he's never started more than 10 games. And he despite all that ability so this um, I suppose makes sense in terms of again you know you're going to have injuries we know George Payton has said before you can never have too many corners so to me that it it makes a, a lot of sense because again you don't want to be going into the the draft with these giant glaring um, you know holes and we know as well that George Payton likes to I suppose disguise a lot of what he's um what his tension uh, what his intentions are. So if you're going in and everybody knows that the Broncos are need a right tackle, then it can make it maybe more difficult to trade up, trade back, or anything like that. So I think uh, George is again ensuring that uh, keeping everyone guessing in terms of what exactly the Broncos might want to do in the draft. Let's uh, finish off this week's podcast by talking a bit around the teams in the AFC West because we're going to talk, we're, we're going to play them twice at least this year, if not hopefully please Jesus the playoffs as well. Um, boys, we have to talk about Tyreek Hill. What the hell are the Chiefs at, Stuart? They've lost Tyron Matthew, they've lost Tyreek Hill, and they've lost Byron Pringle as well. They've lost defensive players. Um, I understand they bring in Juju. You see all this mar- like this this whole MVS stuff. I I don't know what they're doing. Like seriously, like I mean, would you say right now the Chiefs are the best team in the FC West? No, probably not. Um, and if they were, it's mainly to do with Mahomes and Travis Kelsey being probably the two best players. Jackson in there. or Patrick or I seen Juju <laughs> done a bit of dancing yesterday. Just <laughs> but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, like I think last week, Michael, like the Chiefs sort of made me look a bit foolish for for about twenty four hours when I said there there was no help coming because they didn't have the money, and then they go and they sign Juju to a one year deal. Um, but you know the Chiefs front office performed miracles last year by by reconstructing their offensive line, and they've obviously paid Mahomes a massive deal, and uh, Kelsey got a big deal as well. Um, the money that that Hill was going to make was always going to be a huge problem. And I think, you know, he, he signed a, a bumper contract with the Dolphins from what I know. And I am delighted that he's gone because Hill was the kind of player that you, you just cannot legislate for because you can never keep him quiet. Even if he had had zero catches in a game, um, 
he could still burn you just one. I mean, the, the Super Bowl against the Niners is a prime example. Mahomes was really struggling, and Tyreek Hill had done absolutely nothing in that game. The Niners had somehow managed to contain him for what was, I think, three quarters, and then suddenly, bang, out of nowhere, boom, Super Bowl completely turned on its head, and the Chiefs won handily enough in the end. And that was nearly all came down to one play by Tyreek Hill. I'll be delighted, absolutely thrilled that he's gone out of our division uh, because players like that can just, you can be in control of a game for 59 out of 60 minutes and then he'll do one thing and, and the whole, the whole you know, the, the previous 59 minutes are forgotten about. Um, he's unbelievably dangerous. Um, you know, I, want, I don't want to start using the word allegedly now, um, but uh, it's, 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 you know, we can forget about his extraordinarily checkered past um, from a player point of view. Um, it's great because it weakens one of our biggest rivals. It takes them down a notch. Um, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster is a fine uh, wide receiver. He's not even remotely in the same caliber as Tyreek Hill when it comes to dangerous. Uh, just, just from a, you know, it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, United letting Ronaldo, Ronaldo leave and then signing Antonio Valencia to replace him. Perfectly decent. <laughs> Premier League player, but just not the same caliber at all. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, delighted. And Chiefs are, you know, and and Matthew is going to be a big loss for them as well. Now they have picked up an awful lot of draft picks and they have drafted very well. So there is still that danger. And when you have Pat Mahomes, you know, you're always in with the with the puncher's chance. But like if you had said to us two years ago, um, that this was was coming, you know, you would have bitten the hand off. Somebody said to us two years ago, you're going to have Russell Wilson as your quarterback and the Chiefs are going to lose the Honey Badger and they're going to lose uh, Tyreek Hill, then you would, have, you would have bitten their hand off. So it's amazing how suddenly teams that just look like they're poised for success for, for the best part of a decade, um, it can go like that. It's great. It's a great thing about the NFL. Teams unless they have Tom Brady, don't dominate year in, year out. Um, now, I'd still fancy the Chiefs to make the playoffs, but they're nowhere near a shoe-in to win the AFC West the way they were. This time last year, you would not have... You wouldn't have spent a Euro bet against the Chiefs winning the AFC West, despite their slow start. But the thing about it is now, Michael, if they have a slow start, which a lot of it was down to the fact that, that Mahomes wasn't playing well and their defence was, was crap, um, if they have another slow start, there's no guarantee that they're going to get it back together. And if they do, then the likes of the Chargers or the Broncos could have already been pulled off into the distance. You know, so this is this is great news for Broncos fans. Um, and long may it continue. <laughs> so, just uh, I thought you were getting excited there, all just while I was squeaking in the background. But Colin, uh, I completely agree with what Stuart's saying. I just want to see the schedule released now. One thing that Stuart mentioned, and I know you probably want to talk about Juju and talk about Tyreek Hill and the AFC West in general, like Devontae Adams, but, you know, this team with losing Tyron Matthew, Tyron Matthew's values went down because other teams have brought in what they would look at as higher caliber players in that position. There is a chance that Tyron Matthew could go to Denver. I'm just putting it out there. Would you welcome him with open arms if he came to Denver? I'd I'd love the honey badger to rock in the arrowhead wearing wearing white or orange. Well, 
Yeah, of course, he's he's a very talented player. It's interesting that he hasn't gone anywhere as yet. You're wondering what, what he is asking for. But of course, I mean, if he was to play alongside Justin Simmons, that's a pretty nice uh, safety tandem. But we'll have to see. For, for the Chiefs, yeah, look, Tyree Kill going absolutely hurts them because there is nobody out there who can replicate what he does and plenty have of teams have, have tried it you know we we did it with kj hamler we will see how kj can do this year but he made defenses play in a different way and um it, it will be interesting to see the chiefs now with two first round picks uh, what they what they do whether they they're 29 and 30 so maybe they look to package those and go up that's uh, uh, certainly a, a possibility I've seen Tyree Kill hurt us in in the flesh was there in 2016 when he had a I think a six yard kickoff um, return and he caught I think a couple of more um, touchdown passes so he has absolutely burned us in the past so happy to see him out of the d- division but the reality is is that in Andy Reid the the Chiefs um they have a genius at head coach and people you know I'm sure listeners uh to this podcast won't particularly like that but the guy has never had a losing record since he rocked into Kansas City in 2013 the the worst he's been is nine and, and seven so while he's still there, they will remain a force to be reckoned with. I I am convinced I I am it, it'll be a different sort of offense but I think you had seen the way defenses had reacted to the Chiefs last year so I think Andy Reid will want to go back to the drawing board and and try to come up with something different also remember the fact that you know you're you're looking around the AFC West and yeah we have all sorts of reasons to be excited about the Broncos the the last show we talked about the excitement that we had but Nathaniel Hackett is a first-year head coach Josh McDaniels is back to it after an 11-year absence, and we have to see how he can do. And Brandon Staley with the Chargers is only in his second year, and they had, I, I am really yet to be convinced, Mike Williams, again, I just don't think he's eighth as a wide receiver. Um, I think they lack a tight end, and I think they have awful trouble stopping the run. So yeah, they brought in a great pass rusher. Um, they brought in a, a fantastic cornerback. Let's see, you know, can he adapt to that system? Because cornerbacks who've left Bill Belichick haven't always flourished, but they still have to stop the run. And, and right now, if teams do what they did to the Chargers last year again, they will they will struggle. So to me, yeah, it hurts the Chiefs, but with Andy Reid there, um, on, on, until until proven otherwise, I think they remain favourites. Ooh, uh, Emmy, I'm, I'm loving this conversation. And what's yours? Let's get the football now, lads. March the 25th, I'm talking here. Jesus. Any final comments? The thing I'll say is uh, no London, Mexico, Mexico. The Broncos are down in Mexico this weekend. Uh, serving a few cerveza and to, to be fair to the Broncos a very best luck to them I know the team that are working on that are working very hard and that's so f- fair play to them I, I just can't see London happening lads now I think they're fully set on the international market and for Mexico as an away team or a home team um, 
Stuart, have you any final comments to make? You're on mute, my friend. And I'm not editing this podcast. Oh, so come on. Sorry, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I think um, the, given the moves that we've made recently, there is one position I think that we probably still have to address, and that's the safety alongside Justin Simmons. Um, Stearns played well last year, but it's a big step up from playing well in sort of uh, relief than coming in and starting. Now, he showed a lot of talent, but... Um, you know, you were floating the idea. Would I, I'd love the Honey Badger to come in and play alongside Justin Simmons because um, I think he brings tremendous leadership and also he's still a really good player. I think Kareem Jackson, um, he flatters to deceive. Kareem Jackson makes a massive hit. The Craig go wild, but then they've forgotten the previous two plays when he's been absolutely torched in coverage. So if you gave me a choice of Kareem Jackson or the Honey Badger, I'd absolutely take the Honey Badger, but he may be looking for too much money. So no, I, I think... Another safety, safety might be a position. This is a good draft for safety, so that might be where we look early. Um, I know I've been saying we can go best player available, but we still probably do need um, another another safety because I think, as, as I said, Stearns was good, but it, it sometimes it's that move to full-time starter can can be the tricky one, you know. So, um, yeah, I'd love it. it was the Honey Badger. I've always liked him. I liked him when he was at LSU, which, by coincidence, is... Very t-shirt that you wear. Death Valley. Column, let's restructure some deals. Let's make some more top room and let's get him in and let's win an arrowhead and laugh all the way to Christmas. What's your final comment? My final comment is about Sue Craven's comments during the week and the fact that again I would urge fans out there to realize that we heard nothing but good stories about Vic Fangio for three years, how Vic Fangio was great with the players. The players loved Vic. The players had no problem with um, no music at training camp. Those were the stories that came out. Now we're hearing a very different version of events and nobody seems to be going against what Sue Cravens is, is saying. So I just think with, with when it comes to what is being said and what you are seeing in the media, just be a little skeptical. There, there are reasons why uh, players, teams, owners, agents put stories out there. There are narratives that they run. And I, I think take everything, good or bad, with a pinch of salt. Um, because generally, you know, one, one side is good until you hear the, the other side of the story. And it's in, it's in a team's interest to say everything is harmonious and, and things are great and there are no problems here. And then all of a sudden, you know, Vic is gone and we begin to hear, you know, more of what was really going on. Yes, and Chris Harris uh, Jr. backed him up as well, Colin, which I found was interesting because Sue Cravens is retired, but Chris Harris is still an active player, and he said, yeah, it's all true. <laughs> so I just hope for Chris's... He doesn't care. He, he's up. I mean, he, he's good yeah. like, but he, he, he just loves the crack. It was very interesting reading, though, and it kind of did back up a lot of stuff that we kind of felt, and certainly the things about Lock and Bridgewater. Craven said, yeah, he hated Lock from day one because he had a personality. So I know we've moved away from it, but it did... It did sort of reinforced just how preposterous that QB battle in inverted commas was last year. Um, I mean, the time that I sort of lost all faith in Vic was the thing about the Teddy Bridgewater Drew Locke birthday. Like, that was just, that was just kind of nasty as much as, as like, it wasn't even shade. It was just kind of, that's just 
you know, just distasteful. Um, so yeah, if you haven't checked out Sue Craven's Twitter feed, I'd recommend, I'll be following, I'd follow him right now. So I'm looking forward to seeing what else. Let's have more of that from players. Why not to get the juice? Let's try and get them on next week. Um, on, on that yes. note, uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm going to email him right now. Uh, lads, great, great to chat to you. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to Malhair Report for the continued support. And if you're listening to this podcast, uh, please give us a, a review. If you want to give us five stars, that would be fantastic. And look, we'll, we'll chat to you next week. Uh, from Michael from Colin from Stuart. Uh, go Broncos. Chat to you later. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. <laughs>